Welcome to another edition of the Operation Limitless Show. Today we have the extreme honor to talk with Mr. Jason Van Camp. Jason is the author of Deliberate Discomfort, a speaker, a trainer, a graduate of the West Point Military Academy, and a retired Green Beret. Uh, Jason, um, we are really excited to have you with us today, so thank you for being here. Thank you for tolerating all the nonsense that happened before the show <laughs> and taking part. And uh, Mark, we're going to let you lead the charge because you and Jason were friends before, and um, we'll, we'll just kind of go from there. So, Jason, thanks again for being here. We hey, appreciate thanks you. for having me. It's an honor to be here. You guys are, uh, you guys are uh, incredible. I'm lucky to be here. Thanks again. <laughs> so, um, I... I'm a firm believer that people, introducing people is hard to do because there's so many dynamics within personalities and, and you know, backgrounds and everything like that. But, and I'm a firm believer that people are what they do. No matter where they come from, no matter where they were born or, or uh, what socioeconomic group they are, the end of the day, you're defined by what you do. So let's talk uh, and, and introduce Jason by what he does. And I'm really hoping that today, uh, we're going to dig into uh, your fantastic book, De Deliberate Discomfort, which you gave me a, an autographed copy of personally that day when we went to go have lunch, and uh, I have read it four times, cover to cover. Nice. Since then. <laughs> Great book. Fantastic. But it's fantastic. And what, But what you're doing with Mission Six Zero and your Warrior Rising, I'm really hoping that we can dig into a little bit of that uh, because at the end of the day, like I said, what you do defines who you are. So we're interviewing you so that you can help our Operation Limitless audience do more. So with that said, what are you doing? What's going on in your world right now? Well, I, I love how you say do. It's all about action. And the catchphrase that I use a lot is do something about it, you know, because there are a lot of folks that come to me and they're like, Jason, motivate me. Just, just motivate me. <laughs> I tell them, you know, I can't, I can't motivate you. I'm not going to try and they're always kind of surprised about that. And I said, the only thing I can do is inspire you. I can inspire you to motivate yourself because I'm not gonna be there 24 seven. I'm not gonna be there to hold your hand. I can't get you out of bed in the morning. Only you can do that. So the only motivation is self-motivation. And ultimately how it looks is you inspire someone which leads to motivation, which leads to action, which leads to doing something. And that's what you're talking about, but it isn't a linear thought process. I think it's a circular thought process because by doing something, by taking action, you're inspiring yourself, which in turn leads to motivation and more action. Just like if you go to the gym and you just don't feel like working out that day. You're like, listen, I'm tired. I don't want to be here. It's taking you a little longer to get going. Jump on, you know, what I do is I jump on the elliptical. And even if, if it's a half-assed effort and I'm just going slow and I'm just like getting my thoughts, you know, in line and my mind ready to go, ultimately after a few minutes, I start going faster. And then all of a sudden, I'm starting to feel it. All of a sudden, I'm starting to think about, okay, I can do this. I can get ready for my workout today. And such is, such is life, you know? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and what am I doing right now? I've got a family, first and foremost. I've uh, been married for five years. A, four, a daughter that's going to turn four years old in two weeks. Congratulations. And thank you. Kalea Jan is her name. She's a crack up. Um, she's very self-confident. So we can talk about that. And that's great. And my son is going to be two in June. And, uh, and that's my priority. And I have two businesses, Mission Six Zero. It's a, it's a for-profit company. It's a leadership development firm. We forge commanders at Mission Six Zero. We've been doing that for uh, 10 years now. And then Warrior Rising, which is a 501c3 veteran service organization. It's a nonprofit. We help veterans and their immediate family members 
find their purpose and community again through business ownership. So if you're a vet and you want to start a business or you have a business and you're just kind of stuck and you need some help, Warrior Rising is here to, to help you. That's that awesome. Out. That's awesome. All right. So let's talk, let's, let's touch on something because cool. what, what you said right there is, is, is critical also in the, so in the adventure world too, right? So I'm going to, I'm a, I'm an outdoor adventure guide and we teach many times on mountaineering trips and canyoneering trips uh, where danger is prevalent that self-rescue is the best rescue. So as you were talking about motivating yourself, this guy who comes up to you and says, motivate me, motivate me. Well, it's kind of the same thing as like, rescue me, rescue me. I'm at the bottom of a crevasse and I'm stuck, rescue me. Well, okay, but can you help? (laughs) Can you pull up on the rope? Can you, are you prepared to move yourself? Because moving a, you know, trying to move a dead body or trying to move a body who's immobile and is not helping, that's substantially different than a guy who can partially walk or can partially help or who's conscious. Yeah. And it's completely different. So in the world of what you're talking about with Warrior Rising yeah. and in the leadership development program with Mission Six Zero, hmm. how does self-rescue is the best rescue, how does that compare to what you're doing? How does that translate into, I want to start a business and I don't know how to do it. Now take that same person with Warrior Rising and what would Warrior Rising do for that person? Perfect example. So we say, we don't give you a handout, we give you a hand up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right? So the way our process works is we have you apply. Then we have an intake call. So somebody on our team that's been trained talks to you personally. They have an intimate conversation with you about what you're trying to do. And sometimes we find out, hey, this person mentally, they're just not ready to start a business. They need to go get help. Or, hey, this person has a terrible business idea and we're just going to tell them that. You know, or this person hasn't even discussed this with his or her spouse you know, they don't have the financial bandwidth to do this right now. So we just tell them straight, tell him or her straight. This is what we think. Of course, it's up to you if you want to continue. It's your life. It's your business. It's your idea. And if they do want to move forward, we put them in a warrior academy. And we don't give them any help at all. You earn it. We don't give you anything. So 40 video curriculum, it translates the military operations order into a business model. So if you have never been to business school, you don't know anything about business, but you've been in the military and you understand what the five paragraph opera looks like and that mm-hmm. makes sense to you well we translate that in business speak so you can figure out how to build your own plan self-paced I'm assuming. self-paced yeah. you know however long it takes is however long it takes you and it's on you completely on you and we Pass say or fail or is there a, a, a tier um you know you have to submit products to us at the end of it okay and even if it's you know, honestly, if it's a terrible pro- product, it, as long as you've done the work to your best of your ability, that's okay. We'll take you and move you forward. Okay. But to your point, self-rescue. This is a component of self-rescue because you're earning your way forward, right? You're proving it not only to us, but you're proving it to yourself that you can do the hard work. And the attrition rate, I wouldn't say it's super high, but it's high in the Warrior Academy because people are like, you know what? This is hard, man. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be easy. I thought starting a business was going to be easy. <laughs> and now I realize I'm just going to go get a, get a job or something or just sit back in my retirement and do something easy. And yeah. that's fine because, you know what, if you can't get through the training, you know, actually starting a business is a thousand times harder. Oh, you know, yeah. just like going through, you know, the Q course or Ranger School or Bud's like, hey, listen, if you can't get through the course, 
like when you get to combat, I promise you it's gonna be a lot harder. Yeah. You know, than you think it is. So you just said something right there that I, I wanna hopefully segue it later sure. into into uh, your book De- Deliberate Discomfort. You just said, Hey, this is this isn't this isn't easy. This is harder than what I thought. I'm gonna go get a job. Yeah. How do you think that because your book, Deliberate Discomfort, describes the opportunities that await someone yeah. that is willing to suffer through <laughs> or, <laughs> or choose the harder route, right? Yeah. What, 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 what's, the, what's that uh, famous poet quote that I ran into, you know, a two, two row, a fork in the road, and I chose yeah. the one less. Robert Frost. Right. I mean, traveled, the one less traveled is usually the harder one, yeah. right? Maybe it's steeper or narrower or icy or whatever it is. And the whole idea of embracing the suck is one term, you know, Spartan up is another term, yeah. uh, you know, just deliberately being, choosing the harder route yeah. is what your book is about. It, it, that's basically what you just described, no? Yeah. Listen, life is hard. If you don't think it is, you're not living your life the right way. Life is hard and it's going to continue to be hard. You've got to choose hard things or hard things are going to choose you. Right? It's going to come either way. You might as well be proactive and prepare for it rather than have it slap you in the face when you're unprepared for it. Mm-hmm. And that's what the deliberate discomfort mindset is all about is saying, listen, I'm going to intentionally, voluntarily, deliberately choose to do something hard so I can grow and improve and, because, and become a better person because of it. That's fantastic. So obviously, you chose the hardest route you could possibly be, and that's being a parent. <laughs> you know, like, got married, you have kids. That's a hard route. That is absolutely deliberate discomfort. Yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> no question. There's no doubt about it. Listen, I, I was thinking about this a few years ago. I was like, is my life easier now with a wife and with kids? Significantly <laughs> harder than it ever was when I was single. Significantly you, you'd harder. You sitting on a battlefield, freezing your tail <laughs> off with you know uh, bullets flying over. It's sometimes that's a better. That's oh, I'm much more comfortable right here than I am in in all of these new experiences, right? Because uh, you're raising kids now, and they have their own will. Yeah. And they have their own goals and plans, and your wife has her own goals and plans, and hopefully part of those goals and plans include you, but they don't they, they don't surround you. I mean, that's not all about you. And I know, Bill, it's not all about you. Great. So. <laughs> first, first time ever. First time, first time ever. in anybody's life is not about you. But, so that's, yeah. No, go ahead. Was, so the real question, Jason, is have you told your wife yet, hey, I wasn't this stressed in battle yet? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't this bad in combat. That's the no. Real I, I I keep that from her. I let her like everything's cool. Oh, she to this I was gonna say she's gonna hear this, gonna man. Hear you this just now. sunk your own ship. <laughs> no, no, we're cool. Like, here's the thing. Like, when I was single, I was just worried about myself. Yeah. And now that I've, I have a wife and two kids, I worry about four people now. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's not about me and my happiness and what I want. It's about getting them what they want. You know, making sure that they're taken care of. And and same thing with fear, man. When I was going to combat and doing all these things, like I didn't really, like fear didn't compute to me really in, in a lot of ways. And now that I'm a parent, shit, I know what fear looks like, man. Yeah. Like I'm terrified if something would happen to my kids or like, you know, some, they, they run into the street or something like that. Like I keeps me up at night thinking about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and that's why it's harder, but it's deliberately more uncomfortable, right? Like we talked about, but the thing is it's better. It's a better life. I'm happier than I ever was when I was single. You know, that's interesting you just said that because I'm rem- I'm remembering 
so there was this time, and these guys tease me all the time because I, I'll, I'll give them these impromptu adventures. Like, I'm leaving in two hours to go do a thing. I love it. And I did that to you. Yeah. And I said, hey, I'm leaving in two hours. Can you meet me over and let's, and let's, go, let's go kayaking? Yeah, and you're like, well, where are you gonna, where are we gonna meet up? And I, and and I told you, and you live literally just right down the road yeah, from from the Jordan River where we were gonna go kayaking. And I was going kayaking that day. I'm like, hey, let's just go. And you responded. That was a fun time, by you, the way. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate. It. So you responded quickly. And when we were talking, yes, we had visited a little bit before, but what we visited about was your book, and some of your projects, and how yeah. I could become involved with some of the things you're doing. But then when we were kayaking, we're sitting down in the river. And it's all quiet, and the world kind of just went away. And all you talked about was your kids. Yeah. So, so. it was so cool. Because, so for the wife listening, um, Lizzie, here's the service you. recovery right here. <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> he, he couldn't talk about, stop talking about the family and, and you and, and how exactly what you just said. How much, I think the word you said was fulfilling. Yeah. How much more fulfilling your life was now, despite the projects you're working on, despite the experiences you've had in the past. Now you're taking all of those things and channeling them towards your children and your family, which to me was, we could have talked about 50 different things. And that's what you talked about. Pretty cool. I found it uh, most happy, and people are most happy when we take the focus off of ourselves and our own needs and we focus on others. Mm-hmm. And we serve other people. I mean, I learned it was an epiphany type moment just in the Q course, you know, like realizing that it wasn't about me. It was about the guys to my left and to my right. And if I can help them succeed, then they're going to help me succeed. And when I shifted my mindset to that, I realized, like, all of a sudden, like, it, you know, the, the weight I was carrying wasn't as heavy. You know, the, the heat outside wasn't as hot. You know, the, the pain that I was feeling wasn't as bad as it once was because I had a purpose, you know, and, and I think a lot of us, the purpose of life is to find your gift, whatever that might be, and then the meaning of life is just to give that gift away to others. Jason, for our non-military listeners, would you t- explain what the Q course is? Sorry, Special no. Forces Qualification Course, so Q is the, the Q course, means qualification, so... So generally, it depends on um, what route you're going to take as an officer or an NCO, but generally about two, two and a half year course. Mm-hmm. And um, it starts out with a selection process. And uh, it's generally about a month. You know, uh, it's fantastic. It was my favorite course ever because they don't tell you if you're doing well or if you're doing poorly. They just look at you and they write something down. They don't yell at you like typical, you would expect a typical military course or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, phase two is uh, small unit tactics, so you're kind of out in the woods under ambushes and raids and things like that. Uh, phase three is your schooling, and so I was an officer, so I went to the Alpha course, which mm-hmm. is going to class every day. Phase four is Robin Sage. They have a, a town out in North Carolina, an e- economically distressed town that they hire, and it's a big role-playing scenario for about a month and a half where you go on a mission, it goes, it goes wrong, and then you have to uh, work with the locals the indigenous forces to rise up in rebellion against Pineland, which is pretty cool. And wow. Nice. Very cool. Lot. Yeah. Hey, did, so did, I, I'm sorry, I, I said a question. Did you go through the worm pit? The worm pit? Oh, that what you called it? Log pit. Log pit. Sorry. Yeah, log pit. <laughs> yeah, log pit was day one. Yeah. <laughs> that was... Yeah, I so, like selection so much, so, I did it twice. I, was gonna <laughs> say, <laughs> so, I love that story. Yeah, sometime when you guys get a chance to talk, get his selection story. It... it uh, 
You'll like it. Love to hear it. You'll you'll appreciate it. Bill, can you speak towards what what Jason was just talking about, about the whole team mentality, about how one, each person on the team has something to contribute? I I think in your training and and what you had to do for the bobsled, everybody has a, you can speak towards a little bit of that. Everybody's got a job. And the, if they don't do that job, then they're letting the other guy down who's got a job, and then they, that person has another job. So could you, could you uh, support uh, what Jason just said, kind of with that experience? Yeah, I mean, you know, everything he's talking about is is relatable one hundred one hundred percent across the board, and everything you know we were talking about outside, even with the book, and you know, I get that question all the time. You know, when I was a decathlete running track and field, and that was more of an individual sport, but in reality, it was still a team sport. I mean, there was nothing, it wasn't ever about just me. You know, did I have an opportunity to set up my teammates for success? Absolutely. But my teammates were always there in training, you know, during the competition, supporting me, you know, cheering me on, you know, and then when it went up to that level of, of being an Olympic athlete, you know, training at that level, being the, the, the top 1% as we talk about in Operation Limitless, you know, I knew that the guys on each side of me, the guy in front of me, the driver, you know, the coaches, the doctors, the trainers, everyone, I knew that they'd done everything they needed to do to be there at that point in time. And I knew without a doubt, if I ever needed them and, I, and or vice versa, they'd be able to step it up. I mean, it, you know, there was, there came a point in time that, you know, we had a driver that was injured, um, but we still had to compete and we still had to compete at the highest level, but he was probably 25%. And, you know, that other 75% fell on the other three of us. Yeah. And we still managed to be one of the top three push teams in the world, as well as one of the top bobsled teams in the world. And so, you know, I think it's, it, it, you know, to help people understand, like, it is all about service. It doesn't matter where you're military, your relationship, you're in sport, whether you're in business. The more you unconditionally give to the people around you, and I want to stress unconditionally, you know, without the expectation of getting anything back, the more it's going to come back to you. And the more you surround yourself with those types of like-minded people, the more fun that ride's going to be altogether, you know. And so, you know, it, it is, hands down. You know, I, I knew everyone around me at any point in time could step up and do my job if they needed to be, you know. So, again, it goes hand-in-hand hand with, you know, what you guys talk about in the military and, and uh, you know, being a black belt. You know, same thing, or being one of the top, you know, extreme survival, I mean, some of the stuff that you did, right? You couldn't do some of the things that you did without knowing that the people around you, you know, could, could actually step up and, and help themselves, right? Right. No you doubt. know, I get the same thing. I think all of us get the same thing around here when people are like, and I've heard that a million times, motivate me. <laughs> what, what do you mean by, and I'll ask people, what do you mean by motivate you? Well, I need some motivation. I need some help. Well, what do you need help with? Mm-hmm. And I just keep asking them questions until they finally, I've asked enough questions until they start realizing that they're helping themselves by answering their own questions, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and realizing this is not about me pulling you out of whatever it is. You know, I talk about depression and stuff like that. And, and, and even with that on a sensitive subject like that, I want those types of people <laughs> to realize that you're not going to find your way out of where you're at and you're not going to find success until you realize you need to start helping yourself first and foremost mm. now i can help you along the way but i'm not going to like drag you along you know so yeah that's a great i mean it's spartan spartan is a perfect example yeah. of that. you know you've got 
you got these people that have to make it and endure through a 60 hour event and it, at the very beginning there's there's yelling like right, what, what there would be at, at the at selection and the beginning of some of these courses because you you know they're trying to set a tone but I've always discovered the people that need that respond the most to external motivators like me yelling at them or whatever it is mm-hmm. are the ones that don't finish yeah but the ones that respond the most completely to just be they're doing it because they're there to do it yeah uh, and and are carrying their own weight those are the ones that always make it through and it's f- phenomenal to watch because you'll see like single moms and accountants and you know people from walks of life that you just would never expect are going to get through the most grueling endurance event on the planet mm-hmm. which is the Spartan Agogi and you know and then you get these navy seals yeah. <laughs> or you get you know experienced operators or people who are are very very fit and they can't make it yeah because they're not internally motivated yeah and you know i'm not going to say anything about about specifically about navy seals but the but the one the one example that i have is he'd worked so closely with a team and that team was so finely tuned and honed that when he finally was working with a group of people that weren't finely tuned and honed, he couldn't he couldn't function. Oh, absolutely. He couldn't do it. Yeah, no, I've been even, there. He couldn't even carry his own weight anymore because <laughs> been there, he, done that. he didn't know that yeah. anybody else had his back anymore. And so you can fail because you uh, can't work with people who are, are dynamically uh, adjustable to that. Yeah. So it, it's very interesting. Yeah. Internal motivation is the only... Intrinsic, intrinsic versus extrinsic. Uh, exactly. Because yeah. yeah, sure. you can be externally motivated by a whole bunch of stuff, uh, but it's always temporary. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So before we, yeah. we, we do need to take a short commercial break so Brad can do the voodoo that he do. Um, but <laughs> I just want to uh, say something. You both, three of you so far, made the same comment of, of uh, giving unconditionally, right? And, and I can't agree more. And... I'm excited for our next guest, too, Don't want to talk about the same thing, but we always talk to our students about gratitude and appreciation and the uh, the definition of a mature mind, right? To give without remembering and to receive without forgetting. And how important oh, that is phrase. to be able to embody that. And I, I just thank you guys for touching on that subject because I don't think people hear it enough. I don't think they get it enough. Give unconditionally, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So with that, um, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause. So Bad Brad Newfeld, our producer, can do that voodoo that he do. And we'll be right back with Jason Van Camp, the author of Deliberate Discomfort. This is Gregory, owner of Lift Up Concrete, proudly serving the Wasatch Front for the last 12 years, lifting sunken flatwork for both residential and commercial applications. Only fully trained professionals lifting concrete at your residence with the same quality of material and method used at every commercial job we ever do. Don't replace it, lift it. Liftupconcrete.net, 801-792-4535. Contact us at liftupconcrete.net or if you're looking for a complimentary quote, 801-792-4535. Again, 801-792-4535. Again, this is Gregory, Lift Up Concrete Lifting. We at High Point Coffee are proud to sponsor the Other Side of Addiction podcast. 
If you've never heard of us, High Point is a warm and inviting little coffee house just on the corner of 7800 South and Redwood Road. Our shop has easy access drive through free Wi-Fi, and plenty of comfortable seating, with charging stations good for everything from studying, business meetings, or get-togethers with friends. We opened High Point's doors in November of 2007 and have been happily growing ever since. We love what we do and refer to our customers as family because that's the way you are treated here. We don't believe that anyone should walk away from our coffee house with anything less than a huge smile and a great cup of coffee. We have a full menu of options from hot lattes to top of the line frappes and delicious smoothies. We are a family oriented establishment with huge selection for kids and any non-coffee drinkers as well. We also have fresh, delicious pastries, homemade breakfast croissants, pretty much anything your heart desires. Come see us at High Point Coffee in West Jordan on the corner of 7800 South and Redwood. We look forward to meeting you. Hello everyone, this is Brad Neufeld, host of Resilience. You can catch my show every morning at 8 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on the Resilience Talk Network. Tune in to discover what it takes to overcome any challenge that you may face in life. You'll be glad you did. All right, and we're back with author, speaker, mentor, and and uh, motivator to those who are willing to be motivated, uh, Jason Van Camp. Thanks, Jason, for being here. And uh, Bill, it sounded like you were about to ask a question. Take it away. No, I just I was going to touch upon, uh, you know, and I think a lot of us get asked that question too, the people that want to go into business, right? They always think, you know, they always look from the outside in. They see the guy or the gal who drives a nice car that has a nice house, and they they just assume that like one day they woke up and decided I was going to be a successful multi-million dollar business owner, right? And they don't realize the steps it took to actually get there. And and, and the same thing, black belt, what Mark does, special forces, uh, Olympics. We all started somewhere, and at some point in time, we we made the decision to go through the grind and walk the walk that 99, again, talking about the one percenters, 99% of the population weren't willing to do. And so I love how, how no one can define what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Mark does. Whatever Mark does. Hey, I don't know what I do. He uh, just sits around and is handsome. Mark yeah. is handsome in that one person. He's real purdy like. <laughs> but damn, if I could have arms like that guy. <laughs> These <Jeez>. little things. <laughs> Then it would be everybody would just look and go, whatever he's yeah, doing. Whatever he's doing. Um, I just, you know, I, I think it's, you know, we would we would be best also just to serve like some of our viewers and listeners to help them understand it is, you know, you said it's not easy, but it really is not that. It's not easy. There's not a single thing easy about finding success, especially at the top level when we're talking about one percenters. Um, you know, my whole life I always had people like, oh, I can do what you do. And, oh, you're, you know, blah, 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 you could do that. In fact, during the 2002 um, Winter Olympics, I was doing an interview with ESPN, and the guys were like, so we got a message for you from Jim Rome. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I was actually pretty excited about it. 
And then they're like, Jim wanted me to tell you that he thinks bobsled athletes are the worst, lazy, not really an athlete, yada, yada, yada. And, of course, my blood starts boiling, right? <laughs> and I said, you tell Jim. <laughs> you tell Jim Rome. And, and the invitation's still out there if he ever hears this. That if he wants to, he's more than willing to come out here and do a workout with me just one day. And if he gets through the workout one day, then I'll, I'll go ahead and tap take my hat off to him but you know it goes back to the people that you know talk the talk and don't ever walk the walk you know and 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 trying to filter those people out or or help those people understand that you're not going to find success in life just by talking it's like the poem of invictus you know mm -hmm. it's the man in the arena that really counts you know yeah. you're there and doing oh it. yeah teddy roosevelt oh yeah. man i love that you know it's a great that's a great uh um description at least he didn't call you Chris Everett, though, right? No. <laughs> you know? Remember when he called yeah, Jim Everett? I, I would have flown out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he, Rome called uh, quarterback for the Rams. His name is Jim Everett. He called him a, he called him a sissy. He called him Chris Everett, yeah. which was a tennis, tennis player. player. And it was a huge blow-up online. And the interview went went awry. To say the least. <laughs> yeah. I, I finally realized Jim was just doing what he does and talking smack and, and stirring the pot, but... Yeah, it definitely started to pop. The offer sure. still stands, though. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'll be there to film that. Any day, time, night, whatever. It's it still stands even after how many years? Eleven years of retirement? Yeah, for sure. There's no bitterness there at all. Not at all, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> no. hey, hey, Jason. So, you know, I want to I want to backpedal a little bit, but when you talk about the program that you put the vets through to open our own business and stuff. Like, if you can, I want you to talk a little bit about that. And before you do, kind of want to set a little bit of a background. Like, going through selection and even the Q course, like, you're like, typical soldier. Why the hell am I doing this? This is so stupid. And I'll never forget selection team week was the worst for me. I was an older guy. I wasn't recovering. And I'm like, why the hell are we pushing two Jeeps that don't run freaking 10 kilometers for no reason? Well, first Jay said I go on in Nepal, they have a landslide and we're literally carrying 30 bags of like mountaineering gear, rescue gear, all this nonsense. And I had my epiphany, but when you talk about laying the groundwork for these guys to be successful, like talk about that a little bit, because I think, you know, the Q course was very much, everybody says, well, how'd you get through it? And I just say, I joke and say, I was too stupid not to quit. Mm -hmm. The reality is they laid out what they wanted us to do, and I think you can attest to it. You either did it or you didn't, and if you didn't, you were gone. I mean, there was no secret to it. It was, here's what you need to do. Can you do it? If not, then move on. And so talk a little bit about what you do, because I think that's, that's an important lesson, I think, for anything across the board that we're always trying to talk about. It's like, there's no secret recipe. Here's what you got to do. Are you willing to do it? So if you can, talk a little bit about that. The simplicity of it is, is just beautiful. And we constructed the Warrior Rising program after, you know, those elite type of courses like Ranger School or the mm -hmm. Q course. We specifically did it that way because it made sense to us. We've been through it, we've seen it, and we mm -hmm. know it works. You know, and, and for us it's it's not about holding up the trophy, you know, and getting your accolades and taking the shortcut to get there. It's about enjoying the process, enjoying the journey, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. You know, digging and being happy digging, mm -hmm. rather than being happy once the hole is is dug. You know, and so the way that we constructed it is like we said, you have to earn it yourself. You have to do the work. You have to show us you can do it and show yourself that you can do it. You're building confidence. 
as you're going through it. Sure. You know, because it's hard. You know, and um, we're not going to tell you you're doing well or you're doing poorly. We're just going to be there to say, like you said, this is what you need to do. Do it. When you're done with it, let us know. And then we move them to uh, a section where they get a mentor, a one-on-one mentor, and they could go to market strategy together. So now you're getting a little bit of help, you know, a little bit of assistance. Someone's showing you the way. But again, the mentor is not doing it for you. Sure. You're doing it, and you're just getting a little bit of guidance along the way. And then finally, we give some financial assistance, grant or an investment opportunity. When we first started the company, uh, we helped six veterans our first year, just six. Last year, we helped uh, 1,588. Wow. Nice. Wow. And uh, definitely proud about that. The first year, we gave all six guys money. Everybody in the organization at Warrior Rising was a volunteer. Nobody got paid. 100% of everything we got went back to the veterans. We gave these six veterans money. One guy we gave eighty thousand dollars to, you know, start a business. And of those six guys, two still have businesses that are functioning right now. The other four guys didn't succeed, you know. And they came back to us. A lot of them came back to us. And I remember this specifically, and it still kind of pisses me off. I was fundraising in Las Vegas, and the guy that we gave eighty thousand dollars to, he was like, "Jason, the business isn't going well." You got to give me more money. If you can't give me more money, it's going to fail and, I, and it's going to ruin my family. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to sell my house. Jason, it's all on you. It's all on you. Please, you got to do this. You know, and I was at the time, I was like, oh man, it's on me. I got to do this. You know, and I was fundraising even harder and trying to get money. I was like, hold on a second. I was like, that's that's not right, man. It's never on you. That's, that's not the answer. Like, mm-hmm. if he's relying on me for his business to succeed, like, he's going to fail. Yeah. Because it's his business. You know, he has to create a business that's sustainable, that makes money for himself. Warrior Rising isn't here to raise money just to give you so you can have a successful business. That's not how it works. No. You know? And uh, a lot of those guys took that same mindset. And it's like, guys, no. You know, like, if you're not here to work, you know, hit the road. And so we created a creed, you know, uh, because of that, that every veteran that comes through our program, we recite together. Like, this is the Vetrepreneur Creed. This is who we are. This is what we believe in. This is our declaration of belief. Vetrepreneur, is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I like veteran, entrepreneur, yeah, vetrepreneur. I like that a lot. I wish I could say I, I invented the name. I, I didn't, but we sure as hell use it a lot yeah. you know, at Warrior Rising. And uh, we recite that. Everyone that comes into the program, this is who we are. This is what we believe in. And if you're not about this, leave. We don't have time for you. You know? Yeah. Can we, that's awesome. Could we let that be the quote of the of this podcast? If anyone takes anything out of this, what you just said, you've got to find joy in the digging, not wait for the joy of the hole being dug. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I said that right, but holy, yeah, that's, think, that's awesome. So, so let me follow up on that. Sorry, okay. because I think just like me, when the freaking landslide happened and the donkeys weren't carrying bags across and we were carrying these heavy bags, I had my epiphany of why the course was the way it was. And I said, okay, these guys are a lot smarter than I gave them credit for. But having said that, like, talk about, uh, if you can, a business you helped do that with the guys like, freaking Jason, you were on top of it, man. Thanks. I should have trusted the process more. I mean, if you have something like that, I mean, don't have to be specific, but obviously you have a process and, and the message is you guys got to trust the process, right? Yeah. So if you got a, a, a veteran, you can. If not, you know. Now, I've, I've got some success stories. If mm-hmm. you, yeah, 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 please. I'll tell you a, a couple of them. Um, 
one is a friend of mine, his name's Justin Clapsaddle. He's in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And he actually went to West Point for a semester, a freshman year. And he left and uh, he joined the 82nd Airborne. He was an enlisted guy there for a while. And we sort of stayed in touch and connected on social media. And, and he's like, Jason, I, I love what you're doing at Warrior Rising. Um, I'm thinking about starting a business. Okay, what is it? Well, I just learned how to forge knives and I want to create a knife making company. My kind of guy. Mm. Okay, great. I was like, that's fantastic. Uh, and I said, well, you're going to sell them to? What's the business plan? You know, what are you thinking? He's like, well, he's a he's a country boy, North Carolina through and through. He's like, well, shucks, man. I don't know. I just want to make knives, you know? I'm like, well, you need to have a story, you know? Like, the best story wins, you know? Mm -hmm. You need to have something. He's like, well, let me think about that. And I was thinking about it, too. And I remember I was walking by the motor pool in my vehicle, and my second deployment was destroyed by an IED. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember it was just sitting there, right? It was just the metal. Nobody was doing anything with it, right? And I was like, I wonder if we can take that metal and repurpose it and Ooh. give it to Justin and he can make knives out of it because it would be a cool story for me and I could show off this knife and I could say, this is metal that was once part of my vehicle that was destroyed in combat, let me tell you the story. And so I said, Justin, what if I got you this metal and you created a company and let's say it's called War Metal Knives? And he's like, yeah, I could do that. Maybe I can you know, throw a little Damascus steel in there as well and make it a stronger knife and, and there we go. And so um, he did it all on his own, and I just mentored him and helped him along the way. I was able to find a, a Sherman tank that fought in the Battle of the Bulge that was destroyed. Oh, wow. mm, that's awesome, man. And I gave him the metal from that tank, and he, he makes these knives out of this metal from the, from the Sherman tank. And one of the, the, the customers is like, listen, my grandfather was in World War II. He was in the Battle of the Bulge. He was in a, a tank division, armor division. And uh, now that I have this knife, anytime somebody walks into my house, I'll show them this knife. It's, a, it's an heirloom knife. It's not something I use to cut letters open with or anything like that. It's just it's like a display knife for me. And, and my grandfather's legacy lives on. I can tell the story about my grandfather in mm -hmm. this, through this knife now. New purpose. Yep. You know, and, and we get metal from helicopters in Vietnam now, all the way back to, you know, looking at Civil War stuff now, which is pretty cool. So, so what's the name of this guy's company again? His name is uh, officially Clapsettle Custom Knives, and then uh, War Metal Knives is sort of the, the branch of that. that he, so he someone makes. could look it up under War Metal Knives. My wife is actually doing the website for him. Oh, oh fantastic. And nice. so we're, we're nearly done. She's nearly done with that. So, that's, so a, be up. that's a really great story. Be cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, that's guys. Really that's cool. awesome. Great, great guy. Authentic, true, you know, veteran. Great business idea, high quality knives. Yeah, let me, let us know if you're interested. And, and he trusted what you had in place. He trusted the process. I he, assume. And really, what it comes down to is trust and communication. Yeah. You know, can you communicate to somebody your intent and your vision? You know, do they trust you enough to, to move forward with that? Anytime we walk into an organization for Mission Six Zero, it's really the foundation. Chapter one of the book is all about trust, and there's a reason why. It's because mm -hmm. it all starts with trust. If you can't establish that. Can't go anywhere. Yep. Yeah. You know? Right. So this is the last thing to say, I'll pass the baton here. But, uh, you know, we're sitting here talking about Green Berets, obviously, because that's, you know, my heart and soul as well. But um, not to discount West Point, because West Point in itself is a challenge to get through. That's no joke. Would you call him a ring knocker? Ring knocker. Yeah. Ring knocker. I'm not wearing a ring, but. <laughs> yeah. And nor so, would I ever knock my ring. But. <laughs> Yeah, but West Point is, that in a sense, is no joke. I mean, that is an accomplishment in itself. So my hat's off to you for that, man. I, I, 
that's that's something not to be discounted at all so well thank you I'll, yeah. I'll tell you that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life and uh, I look back on it not with fond memories but with man that can't believe I got through that and it was just because I wasn't prepared for it you know yeah. I wasn't like I was too immature I was too young I wasn't ready for it if I were to go back through it now it be incredibly easy I think you yeah. know for me now but at the time yeah. it was it was very very difficult and I think that's uh, kind of the same mentality that we take as we go through life like if you can get yourself ready for it and know it's coming and prepare for it like we talk about like you got to choose those hard things mm -hmm. before they happen because if they happen to you and you're not ready for it I mean it's gonna suck yeah you know yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's easier to choose the hard <clears throat> thing first before it chooses you I love you can say that yeah. uh, just as a small side note the, the pilot program for the Spartan Gogi was done with West Point, uh, current West Point students. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, just to see if it was even viable. Fantastic. We need to take one more pause for the cause here um, before we come back with Jason. So um, we'll take a couple minutes and we'll be right back with author Jason Van Camp. Hi, this is Tamara K. Anderson, and I want to share something special with you. When our son Nathan was diagnosed with autism, I felt like the life we had expected for him was ripped away and with it, my own heart shattered as well. It's very common for families to feel anger, pain, confusion, and anxiety when a child is diagnosed. This is where my book, Normal For Me, comes into play. It shares my story of learning to replace my pain with acceptance, peace, joy, and hope. Normal for Me has helped change many lives and I'd like to give this book to as many families as possible. We put together something I think is really special. My friends and listeners can order copies of my book at a significantly discounted price and we will send them to families who have just had a child diagnosed with autism or another special needs diagnosis. We will put your name inside the cover so they will know someone out there loves them and wants to help. I will also sign each copy. You can order as little as one or as many as hundreds to be shared with others. So go to my website, TamaraKAnderson.com and visit the store section for more information and to place your order. You can bless the lives of many families by sending them hope, love, and peace. Check it out today at TamaraKAnderson.com and help me spread hope to the world. Welcome to the Resilience Talk Network. My name is Jay Walter and I'm the host of Rebuilding. Heard every weekday night from 6 to 7 p.m. You can listen in and learn how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and make dreams a reality. So listen every weekday night from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on the Resilience Talk Network. Well, let's jump back in. We're back with Jason Van Camp, author of Deliberate Discomfort. Um, Jason, we were kind of drawn into our time. We need to have you back because we I think we could talk here for quite a long time and have some real fun here. 
But I know everybody's got a kind of a final question or two. And then, of course, we want to spend some time how we can draw people into your world, how we can connect them with you, how we can uh, how we can help you as a group, as our team, uh, if there's some way that we can do. So, Mark, I think you had a question you wanted to ask too. No, so. I, would, I actually, whatever I had just suddenly flipped because we were talking about uh, d during this exercise where you know, you're filling sandbags and, and trying to find success in completing the mission that you were given to, to do. I think it's interesting that the observation that I have, and I want to see if you could speak towards it in, in, in your previous experiences, I've always discovered that the people who can get through deliberate discomfort and be able to get through the hardest times are always the ones who aren't concerned about their performance, but the performance of somebody else. Like, I'm going to dedicate my time to helping you succeed. I'm going to find a way to, you know, worry about the people around me and it seems to shift the focus from internal to external and it changes the it changes the performance level can you speak to that yeah you can be more right i'll give you a story uh, a friend of mine his name's brian meyer he's a marine he was an explosives ordnance disposal um technician yeah you know and uh during one operation in afghanistan he got blown up and he became a triple amputee and we were talking, I met him after the fact, and we were hanging out on a hunting trip and talking when we first met. And, um, you know, we became friends pretty quickly. And, and uh, you know, I was just joking with him. He told me he was an EOD expert. I was like, obviously, you weren't very good at your job, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and he thought that was... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he appreciate that. We became instant best friends. And, and uh, he's like, we were talking, he showed me this picture. He's like, Jason, this is... Uh, a picture that my team took of me, you know, after I got blown up, and it was right there on the ground after he got blown up. So he's still wearing his uniform, he's covered in blood, and um, his guys are working on him. And I looked at the picture, I was like, man, this, this picture should be in the Met, you know, the museum. This is like, this captures the face of war, the face of battle. And I looked at his face, and he's smiling. He's like laughing, and I was like, Brian, let me ask you something now. Know if this is, you know, uh, appropriate, but what was going through your mind, man? Like, wh what were you thinking? Like, why were you smiling? Were you delirious? Were you on drugs? He's like, no, I wasn't on drugs yet. It didn't kick in. I just, you know, man, like, we had a mission. You know, we had a lot more IEDs to dismantle on that on that um, on that operation, and uh, I just wanted my team to know that I was okay, so that they could do their job. You know, I wanted them to know that you know everything was gonna be fine. I was gonna be okay. You guys can keep your minds right and focused. Do your job. You know, don't get in a situation where you get blown up like me. And so I just raised my arms up, or what was left of my arms, and I just said, I don't know what to do with my hands. You know, <laughs> and there's that movie with Will Ferrell, The right, Talladega yeah. Nights, <laughs> which was exactly. which was popular at the time. And he's like, I just told my guys, what do I do with my hands? And, and one hand was completely gone, and the other one he has three fingers on right now. And I was just like, man, the most you know, catastrophic moment of your life, the most identity-shifting moment of your life, you weren't focused on yourself. You were focused on your team and your yeah. guys and making sure that they were okay. You know, a lot of times as leaders you think, you know, I care about my team, I care about my guys. Well, do you? You know, I've, sometimes you wonder if your commanders really care about you. Sometimes you wonder about yourself. It's like, do you really care that much? 
And in this moment, Brian showed what he was made of, that he cared about the people to his left and right more than he did himself. And that's, that's what we're talking about, Mark. That's, that's, a, that's the, I, you couldn't have thought of a better example. And I'm, I'm happy that our audience will get to, to hear that story. And I'm hoping that that story gets published somewhere. That's Thank amazing. Yeah. He's a stud. And we're actually, oh, he, we're going to go hunting in a couple of weeks, but he, uh, he's getting help mentally, so he, he bailed out. But I'll see him again soon. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. So how, uh, unless I'm stealing your No, question, no, no. How, I was just going to say, how do we bring involved in? in your world? How do they contact you? How do they find you? Uh, how can they be a part of uh, Mission 6-0 and Warrior Rising? Uh, and find uh, the book. You know, yeah, mm. absolutely. Love it. So uh, the book delivers comforts on uh, anywhere books are sold. You go to Amazon. Uh, it's uh, it's an award Amazon bestseller right now, which is great. We sold twenty thousand copies, which is pretty good. You know, not millions of copies sold or anything, but we're we're doing okay. Um, it's a four point eight star out of five so far. There's um, two three hundred reviews, so so we're pretty happy about that. You could also go to deliberatediscomfort.com and get the book for free. You just have to pay for shipping. You know, and then. Um, in addition to that, for Mission 6.0, go to our website, mission60.com. You can spell that however you like. We've got all those domains. And then we have a challenge right now where uh, for 60 days, we work on mental, physical, spiritual, social, emotional, and professional skills. And um, you know we have over, over about 1,000 people signed up so far and see tremendous life improvements and changes. And Warrior Rising, you go to warriorrising.org. And you can go there and apply if you're a veteran that wants to start a business or an immediate family member of a veteran. Or if you want to help and get involved, we ask you to help us out with your time, your talent, or your treasure. One of those three T's. I like that. Okay. Excellent. Any last questions, Bill? Anything before we let Jason no, go? No, that's, that's it's been great. Thanks for, for being on our show. Um, you know, it's just it's always good to hear from you know a wide range of different people who found success in their own right to really just kind of create clarity for that one person it's going to take to like oh it clicks you know and, and hopefully help them find their success and whatever it may be so thanks again for being here and and if there's anything we can do with what you got going on i know brett said it a several you know thousand times but we'd be happy to help out with you know time or whatever you said um, in any way shape or form so as long as you share with me your bicep curl workout i'm good yeah. <laughs> i need Done. those guns yeah. you know? he That's won't awesome. share it with us so if he you get it you gotta share it yeah, yeah, man. he wears a tourniquet for an hour before he walks in Love it, love it. Sal, Thank you. Sal, you got yeah, I got, I got one thing because I think uh, Jason's got a lot of accomplishments and a lot of um, overcoming different things to succeed. So everybody out there in you know uh, Project Limitless land, you've accomplished West Point, Green Berets. Being an officer in a Green Beret is no joke either. Um, so what would you tell somebody out there right now that's saying, you know what, what's the key? Like how did you succeed? What was it for you? Um, I know what it is for me, but like, what's some advice you give? That's a great, great question, and the answer isn't something short or you know a simple shortcut or a mm-hmm. hack that you can use. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard work, right? Loving the process, loving the hard work. I think can really you say something about that whole "Are you the hardest working person in the room?" thing that you talked about outside. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, sure. So, um, a lot of the people that we work with, our clients, you know, they they want to believe that they're the hardest working person in the room. And that's great. You know, but the thing is, 
if you're only choosing to do things that are easy for you and you're the best at it, then you're not the hardest worker in the room. Like if you're phenomenal physically and you're staying in the gym longer than anybody else and you're the champion of the conditioning drills, are you really working hard or are you just doing something that you're good at? You know, if, if you're not good at your schoolwork and, you know, mathematics, economics, accounting, whatever, you don't like it, you don't want to do it, you're not good at it, and when you start doing it, you're like, screw this, I don't want to do this. It doesn't, it doesn't count, you know. Are you the hardest worker in the room? You know, um, socially, when you go to an event or a party or whatever and you're not interacting with anybody, you're just holding up the wall, well, are you doing the best you can socially as well? And, uh, and that's what it comes down to. Like, hard work is hard work because it's hard. It's not because it's easy. And you can't claim you're the hardest worker in the room when you're only doing things that you like doing. You have to do things that are hard for you. And that's mm -hmm. only, it depends on you what's hard for you. It's different for everybody. And um, really what it comes down to is for me, it's finding out who you are on the inside. Like your values. What do you value? Having the courage to look in the mirror, look inside your soul and your heart and, and expose your heart and say, what am I all about? And for me, I ask everybody on my team, give me your three to five values and then tell me your vision. What do you want to accomplish? Why are you here? Because if I can help you accomplish that, you're going to buy into me. You're going to help me accomplish what we want to do at Mission Six Zero and Warrior Rising. And for me, my values are, you know, three, loyalty, determination and resourcefulness. You know, that's what resonates with me. When I meet other people that value those things, we become best friends, you know? And um, the last stands of the Ranger Creed, you know, readily will I display the intestinal fortitude required to fight onto the Ranger objective and complete the mission, though I'd be the lone survivor. When I had to memorize that, man, I was like, I'm in. That's, that's, I love that one, man. You know what I mean? That really hits me. I get the chills every time I say it, you know? And that's the kind of the organization that I want to be a part of, the type of people that I want to be a part of. Like, we get the job done no matter what, Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, if you can figure out who you are first and then turn the volume up on that, I think you'll be successful. That says everything. I don't think a lot of people know what it's like to live by a creed anymore or a code. You know, they just don't have a code. I just, that's really cool. I love that. Put it on paper and teach your kids. Yeah. Give your, tell your Absolutely. kids to put their creed together. Yeah, family code, personal code. Yeah. One of the things we teach in our Operation Limitless course is to map your values. Yeah, That's one of the courses. Map your top 10 values and then live by your top five for 90 days. After 90 days, they might shift. That's fine, but they got to be yours. And it's amazing to me as I've, I've taught that, not just in Limitless, but with, with my martial arts students and my business clients and other stuff that to do that and it, and they they have a really hard time most of them getting it down on paper at first and i've noticed there's a big difference between when somebody does it in private and when when they, it, when they do it as a group because they say things in a group that you can tell that they don't really mean and it's not what they live in private right and uh, uh i think it's great that you talk about that because so many people don't and it's really hard to have your true north, your moral compass, whatever moniker you want to put on it, without having your values written down and then live them for a while. Make that your intentional point that you will live those. The world changes. It makes a big paradigm shift for people. Um, so, and again, like you said, whatever it is for you is great because if as long as it's honorable, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, legal, yeah. ethical, and moral, um, you're going to be great. But when you live somebody else's value structure, yep. it's a disaster. Yeah, true story. And people don't even yeah. realize how miserable they are. So, yeah. kudos.
true story. Well, I think we probably need a, to. So this was just an appetizer into, yeah, the, we into the world of Jason Van Camp. Can we show people but, the book? We, but, did, we yeah, didn't even so get yeah, into half we, the questions I had for you, so we got to. And I marked some of my favorite parts. Like I said, I read it four times from cover to cover, but. Um, and I don't read books cover to cover. I don't. I usually just find, I, I, I try to go through and find things that, that resonate with me, but I found myself drawn uh, Thank you. page yeah. by page. So it was very good. All of the readers should, should take you up on it and, um, and, and get the copy however they can get the copy, free or not free, but get the copy. But that was just an appetizer in the world of Jason Van Camp. We need to probably give audiences a little bit of a break before we, they get into the main course. The main course will be to contact you, reach out to you, be part of your organization, support somehow, review, and learn, and then they can get into the main course themselves. Jason, cannot thank you enough for being here today and for responding to my invite for you to be here and uh, be on the lookout for some extra adventure in, in, invites uh, for the rest of this year. And uh, and you know maybe I'll even invite these guys. <laughs> you said something about hunting, which I'm interested in. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun too. So yeah. thanks again. That was thanks. the one thing. So anyway, that's it for this episode of Operation Limitless. Thank you for listening, Jason. You are truly someone that we consider to be limitless in the top one percent. So we are honored that you are here. And as always, if you have any questions. Um, you can send an email, find me on Facebook, find any of us on Facebook, send us a message. If you have a guest you'd like us to interview, uh, send us an email. We all have individual emails or just info at operationlimitless.com. Thanks again. We'll see you next time and have a limitless day.